0: All right, everybody. It is 9 o'clock. Let's get right into it. We do this show every Monday through Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitter Spaces. But as you may have noticed, today is Friday, and we're super excited about tonight's show. I'm Alan Gay, and this is Now D1 Speaks. I am really, really happy that Patrick Jones is going to be joining us tonight. He is probably one of the premier hitting coaches in America. He's got a, a lot that he's going to share with us. It's going to be a fantastic show. Hey, Patrick, are you with us?
1: Yep, Alan. Appreciate you uh, you uh, bringing me on the show. I, I don't know about one of the best in the country, but I'm I'm working to get there. <laughs>
0: I love it. Very humble right off the bat, man. I am so happy to talk to you tonight. Why don't you uh, maybe kind of introduce yourself and maybe go back to your college days. Kind of give us a feel for where you went to school, maybe what you even majored in, what your academic career was like, what your playing career was like while you were in college. And then how would you even get into baseball?
1: Yeah, so my my major was pretty much baseball i mean i i went to college i mean i was just i've always been obsessed with baseball even as a kid i i mean ever since i can remember it's been the the one thing that i've always always loved doing uh you know so i when i went to xavier i mean i think like anybody else my dream was to get drafted and and play professionally make it to the major leagues and looking back uh you know i mean there's so many different things that i i didn't do well as a player and before we start recording, Alan, you know I know we were talking about how how good the college game is now, and I see I, I watch the college baseball right now, and I was down at the Vanderbilt Regional last weekend, and man, you know I, I'll be honest, I don't know if I would have even been able to play Division One college baseball had I come up uh, in 2023 versus back in 2010, just at how good it is. But so I've always I've always loved playing baseball, but you know I, after I ended up graduating, I I. Played a couple more years of of independent professional baseball, which was a ton of fun. Uh, I think you you learn a lot when you you get to be able to play. And even if it is, I mean, for me, I played a low level professional baseball, but it was still a great experience. And then after that, I I knew I I wanted to stay in baseball, but I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. And one of my buddies asked if I would help him coach a, a high school team here in Cincinnati, Ohio help him out and be the JV coach. And I didn't know anything about coaching. And so what I decided to do is I decided to start a podcast and just interview coaches. So I, that's why I thought about it. I was like, well, my entire life, if I never knew something, I would, I, I never had any issues or problem with, with just asking people who, who already had the experience. And so that's why I started my podcast. And over 300 episodes later, six years later, uh, here we are. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh! So many. Hey, thank you for that rundown. I mean, so many questions are kind of going through my mind just like right off the bat what you're talking about. And one, yes, I couldn't agree more. The level of skill in the college game today is off the charts. In many ways, it's probably, I get, I guarantee, it's probably better than double A baseball in many ways. I mean. These guys that are coming out of high school and rolling into big time baseball on the college level, they're absolutely ready to play, you know, and and you can see it. And I and I think I mean, look at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is one of the best teams in the country historically over the last 10 years or so. I mean, one of the dominant programs and they got blown away in a regional in Nashville. You know what I mean? I mean, it's phenomenal. You kind of look across the Super Regionals right now. You got teams like Southern Mississippi, who Southern Mississippi is great baseball, but here they are playing to, for an opportunity to get into College World Series. There's Oral Roberts. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, the the level of baseball, to your point, is probably never been better at the amateur level than it is right now. And then I love that you said, you know, all right. So I'm sitting here thinking about 2010. You get out, you're thinking about coaching high school when you get out and you're going to coach JV. And the, one of the ways that you're going to learn how to coach is maybe doing a podcast. I mean, that is, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a neat story right there in and of itself. I, you know, podcasts probably weren't that big, you know, in 2016. They've kind of blown up now. But what in the world made you think, let me do a podcast?
1: Well, when you're making $57 a week, <laughs> 20, 25 years old playing in the Pecos League, a lot of things go through your mind that probably the average person doesn't have, and I, I just think for me, and I'm still like this to this day, where I mean, I, I I personally like will will reach out to people whether it be in business or coaching and 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 have one on one coaching with them. Like I'll, I'll ask somebody who's ahead of me and maybe business or whatnot if I can even just pay for their time and, and have a one on one coaching session with them. So I'm just a big believer in general of of always reaching out to people who are ahead of you because that i mean at the end of the day it's saving you time right and and that's if i can save myself time and take months off or a year off it t- maybe it'd take me a, some, a year or two to learn something and if i can just ask somebody who's ahead of me and it saves me a year why wouldn't i do that and so that's just kind of how i think about a lot of things
0: hey i tell you that's pretty smart right there and i gotta tell you honestly that's one of the reasons i reached out to you you know <laughs> You know, I kind of kicked off this podcast not too long ago, and I have been reaching out to people that are on a different level than me and asking them to kind of critique the things that I'm doing and also to be on this show as well. I have found through my career, if I feel nervous and unsure of myself, I'm probably actually doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You got to kind of keep pushing yourself all the time.
1: Definitely, yeah. Comfort kills growth. I mean, there's no doubt about that.
0: No question, man. Hey, so all
1: right. So after Xavier,
0: what kind of? You know, you 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 talked a little about the podcast, but I mean, what really led you to the experiences to get into coaching? I mean, how did you just go from okay, I graduated, I finished playing, and all of a sudden now I'm coaching JV and potentially coaching further.
1: Yeah, so I, I coached that, that year, JV Baseball, and that summer I ended up uh, being a hitting coach for the Lima Locos in the Great Lakes League and and met uh, one of my good buddies, Jared Gaynor, who's actually a pitching coach in the Twins organization now. He was the head coach. And and so I just started to, to get a little bit more active online and social media, sharing content. And then I started to give lessons when I got back. And Ended up uh, coaching at another high school the following year, Moeller High School. And, so, and then about a year later, I, I um, met uh, – you know, at that point, I'd been doing the podcast for a little bit, had some good contacts within the game, was putting out content online, and, and, and got an, an opportunity to uh, be a hitting coach in the Baltimore Orioles organization. So I went from being an assistant freshman high school baseball coach to coaching in the Baltimore Orioles organization – uh, within a year. And so I did that for two years. It was an incredible experience. I mean, it's I, – I think that's what – if you can ever coach a full season in professional baseball at an affiliate, not like a coordinator, but at an affiliate, I, I think there's I, – I haven't seen anything better from a development standpoint as a coach or at least experienced anything better just because you're able to – see players every single day you're able to interact with with players every single day you're seeing the ups and downs you're seeing the competition you're seeing what works what doesn't work and you're seeing it amongst some of the best players in the game and I just think that that allowed me to develop a ton as a coach and I'm very grateful for that. Now with that said I you know for me like I enjoy working with all types of players. Like, I, you know, work with – I work with big league hitters. I work with hitters in the minor leagues, college hitters, high school hitters, junior high hitters, even players who – I have a couple of kids who are just playing rec baseball. And uh, my point being is I didn't really necessarily like having to only just work with just professional players. And so that's why, for me, like, pro ball just wasn't I, – I just didn't really fit me very well because I, I just like – you know, like I, I, uh, I'd say a couple – a couple of months ago, in the off season, I had a big leaguer come in, and we worked, and then for an hour and a half or so, two hours, and then as he's leaving, I have a ten year old coming up with his dad, and for me, like that was it was it's it's awesome because you you see both sides of the game where like one, one guy is trying to get a contract extension, and then another kid coming in like just wants to hit the ball out of the infield. And so that's why I love baseball, and that's why I love what I do as being a you know, hitting coach in, in the private sector as just one of the things that I do, but that's why I like it so much.
0: Man, that's so cool. I love everything that you just said. Say, hey, everybody that's joining us, thank you so much. We absolutely appreciate you supporting this program. If you got in late, don't worry about it. We record this space so we're going to retweet it out later. You'll absolutely be able to hear it in its entirety. And I love what you were just saying, Patrick. I mean, that's so crazy, right? I mean, you're, you're coaching guys that are trying to advance their professional career. And these are guys that are probably 23, 24, 25 years old. And then the next thing you know, you're turning around and here's a 10-year-old. And practically, the dad is 24. I mean, obviously, he's a little <laughs> bit older, but I mean, it's just so nuts. <laughs> and and I think you're exactly right. And I can hear what you're saying. I mean, you got to find your passion in life, the, the exactly where you fit. And you're super young. I mean, I mean, you, you got out of school. You got out of Xavier in 2010, I think is what you mentioned. I mean, you're 33, 34 years old. I mean, you have 31, got, 31. 30. Oh, excuse me. You're 31 years old. I mean, that is so young. I mean, you got your whole life ahead of you and you're doing the thing you love and and you're figuring out exactly where you fit. I mean, you're just very, very fortunate. There's no question about that, but you did spend a couple of years coaching in the minor league system with the Baltimore Orioles. And that's going to be very attractive to the, our core audience. They're going to want to know what is that like? And so I have to ask you, I mean, Give us a little insight. What is the day-to-day like? You know, if you're a, if you're a minor league hitting coach, how do, what, is, what is a typical day? What does that look like? And then who are some of the players that we may recognize that you worked with and that you particularly enjoyed working with?
1: Yeah, so I'll give you an example of uh, a typical – home game what what my my, what my routine would be on a home day so I'd wake up usually 7 30 8 o'clock in the morning so I wouldn't be able to go to bed till midnight or one o'clock usually get something to eat just at where I was staying at and then I would open up my laptop and I would start looking at who we were going to face that night so the the opposing starting pitcher And, and what I would do every single day which I mean, you're doing this. You do this every single day for 120 days. Is I would make a, a PowerPoint presentation every single day on the opposing starting pitcher, and so I would make different gifs. So I would show a you know if he had a fastball slider changeup, maybe for, as an example, I would show a the, the slider like the shape of the slider when it's a strike, and then the shape of the slider when it's a ball, so they could see you know what it looks like from a shape standpoint. Um, and I'd put it in as a gift. So they're just they're able to watch it time and time again when I would show up to the park and, and put it on the TV. So I would, I would do that, put together that little presentation. And in, in that presentation, I would sometimes add in some continued education, what I like to call it, where maybe if a guy is, is having a you know struggling with, with some particular pitch or location or whatever it is, I would try to find something going on in the major leagues or around baseball and and add that in as a, a video that, you know, the whole team could watch at the very end, like a minute or something like that, just so you guys are continuing to learn as the season goes along, too. And that would take a while. I mean, that would usually take me about an hour or so each morning, at least. And then after that, I would leave, go get to the park probably, I would say, like 11 to 11-ish, I'd say, right around 11. And get a, get a quick workout in. Um, It seems like right after the workout, I would try to grab something to eat pretty quick. And before you know it, guys were were walking in. So, you know, we'd have early work. We'd have guys starting to hit, honestly, around 1 o'clock. And then we'd have just groups just coming in and out. You know, we have three or four different groups, early work after early work. Sometimes guys would go out to the field and do some defensive work. And then other times they'd just go back and and rest and, and get ready for batting practice and then have batting practice. After batting practice, we immediately have the hitters meeting. So after the hitters meeting was over, it was kind of free time for the players. So they have, you know, maybe 40 minutes or so. And, and some guys would, would take a quick nap and just relax. Other guys would, you know, would want to take a few more swings. And, and after that, we're, we're heading out to the field at, you know, seven o'clock and, and getting ready for the game. So, you you never know what day of the week it is because you do the exact same thing every single day, and and which is I mean I kind of like that in a sense, but that's that would be a typical day. I mean that's about as short as I can summarize it. Um, in terms of your your second part of your question of of what players would people recognize, um, one you know we had a, I had Gunnar Henderson who's uh, in the big leagues right now with the Orioles. He was in uh, Delmarva um, with me and he was. He's awesome. I mean, he's one of the hardest working players, maybe the hardest working player I've, I've ever been around in my life. Um, I mean, he's just, his determination and, and will is just, it, it's, it's incredible. Uh, Jordan Westberg was there. He's still in A and he'll be in the big leagues before you know it too. And we had several really good players, but it was, it was awesome being around those guys and, and, uh, you know, just, just watching them on a daily basis. And it's, it's fun. I tell you what, it, being a, a hitting coach in professional baseball, you know, I had all these top prospects, Alan, the the first month, month and a half of the season, and we're putting up 15 runs a game. We're killing everybody. And I remember being like, what's so, what's everyone talking about how hard this hitting coach thing is? You know, <laughs> I mean, it seems pretty easy to me. And, uh, and then all the guys got promoted. And, and then we brought up a lot of the young Latin players who just newly signed and, and then we weren't scoring any runs. And then <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess I'm not a good hitting coach anymore, right? So it's, uh, you know, if, if you want to be a good coach, you should probably hang around good players. So good players make you make you look smart.
0: No doubt about it. It's always a player's league. There ain't a question about oh, yeah. it. And yeah. I, love, I love it, man. You were doing all this for $57 a day. So well, what, no, 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 uh...
1: no, no, no. That was uh, $57 a week was when I was playing in the Pecos League.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: no, no. This was, yeah, that was, you're on salary and everything when you're in Pro Bowl.
0: But still, I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, my gosh. So did you develop the Jeff, The you know, on your own? Was that kind of the presentation that you decided to put together? Or was that something that was already in the Oriole uh, repertoire? And they said, hey, this is how hitting coaches handle it.
1: No, no, no. That was something that I put together.
0: I love that. And I think you probably have taken that experience and really kind of pushed it into your, your, you know, your personal business that you're handling now.
1: Definitely that. And and I've shared it with other coaches too. I know there's, there's been other college coaches I've talked to and, and they've done it um, actually this, this year. So it's, it's something that obviously it takes more time, but I think it's, it's worth it humans i think a lot of times learn through visual images and so anything anytime we can make something visual for for players to grasp i think it's important even though it it, it is time consuming
0: yeah absolutely and thank you for running through that i mean cuz you know, as fans of the game, you just kind of think about the players. And you and everybody goes, oh, my goodness, all the work they put in, they did this, that, and the other. You just give them tons of credit. And you should give them credit. They, there's no question that they're working. But they're also working with someone. And you're the someone. And you were just kind of describing what it is that you've been doing and what it is that you went through. I mean, you were up at 7 in the morning kind of thing, putting this all together, preparing I mean, these were not, hey, let me just kind of roll out of the bed and, oh, and hey, 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 guy, here's a, here's a bat. And, and what you need to do to be successful is swing hard. I mean, that's not what you were doing. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And, and it's the piece behind the guy that a lot of times fans, just a casual fan, they have no idea. They don't understand what goes into it. And, and you lived that life for two years. And, and, you know, I really appreciate you just kind of walking through that.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of work. And there's definitely, you know, guys obviously still in professional baseball who are who are coaching and, and college coaches, too, who you know are working extremely hard. And it, there, there's a lot more that goes into it that you only really know unless you experience it. I mean, you just you don't know.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Hey, I've got to believe, and I know you have had a lot of memorable moments or in achievements on the field, both as a player and a coach, you know, kind of give us a sense, maybe one particular moment or one achievement. It doesn't matter. It could be coach or player, whichever kind of describe it to us, but more importantly, really tell us what it is that maybe you learned
1: from that. Yeah. I mean, I, trying to think as from a coaching uh, moment there there was one particular player he was struggling for a a good amount of the season when I was coaching the Orioles organization and uh, you know he was he was focusing so much on just getting hits and 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 not striking out and having that defensive mindset and it was it was holding him back it was holding him back from from getting to higher levels and and just as a as a player in general and so Again, this is why I like professional baseball as a coach to help you develop because you're around him every single day. And so you're having conversations with him every single day. And then, you know, you start to, to realize and that, you know, a lot of times some of these issues are even deeper of just insecurity and, and things like that and, you know, come from even personal backgrounds. And so there's one particular player I won't name, but finally got him to, to really break through and and just get him to to not be so defensive in the box and not so worried about just getting hits and, and just putting the ball in play. And especially with two strikes and it just freed him up and he ended up really taking off after that. Uh, It was actually about three fourths of the way through the season taking off and ended up getting promoted. So I I would say that's one of the uh, better moments that I've seen from a coaching standpoint. And, Look, I mean, you never would see that in the win-loss column or the box score, probably, or anything like that. But I uh, that that was something that that definitely sticks sticks with you as a coach. And I would say, as a, as a player, I mean, probably anytime you're a part of a championship team, that's special. So uh, when I was at Xavier, we won the Big East championship in 2014, and that was that was pretty awesome. So I'd say, as a player, like, that was probably my highlight.
0: Hey, that's two great highlights right off the bat. I love that. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about my own life and how you, you know, gosh, I think about my own very brief athletic career and, and this has nothing to do with baseball. My, my, probably my strength, my background is really golf, right? My son's a baseball player. He he ended up playing college baseball. But if I just think about what you were saying and the way you were working in particular with this player and you were able to break through. I think about myself when I was my amateur golf career. Gosh, I was so, I knew what worked for me. Even when I listened to someone else, I could understand what they were saying. But when I was on the tee or, you know, I still fell back on the things that I knew I could do. It was very difficult to kind of, you know, release what it was that I was comfortable with and truly say, let me, let me be dependent and try what someone else is saying. So I got to, it gives me a tremendous, um, it it just really helps me to understand how difficult it is to be a hitting coach, because no matter what it is that you're saying, someone could be saying, you know, a a player could be saying, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying, but man, when they're in the box, and somebody's throwing 95 and it's moving all over the place, they're going to fall back on the things that they're comfortable with, whether it's successful or not, just because they know they're comfortable with it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Alan, the hardest thing to do in sports is is be a hitter. The second hardest thing, be a hitting coach.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can believe it, man. There is no question about that. I love that you ran all the way through that. So tell us what it is kind of – so, what do you do today? What is your role, and and where have you found your niche?
1: So, yeah, now I'm not affiliated with any organization right now. I'm fully in the private sector, and what what my main focus is right now is is helping high school baseball players get recruited to play in college. And I, it was something that when when I was back in high school, like. I had my family had no idea what was going on from a recruiting standpoint. And we went to so many camps and showcases and, and did just had no idea what to do. And, and so I, I I just saw so many mistakes that we made and how much money we, that my family spent, that was quite honestly wasted. And so I just, I wanted to put something together that, that would have helped me when I was that age. And so I, I don't think it should just solely be about recruiting. Like, I think it needs to be development too. And so that's something that, um, you know, I'm continuing to, to work on to incorporate into the recruiting service as well. And then I also, uh, you know, I didn't want it to just be like a player development or recruiting. I wanted it to be also personal development too, whether it be like time management, understanding like how to, time block for for these kids as well and focusing on their time and managing their time and so it's been a ton of fun it's been one of the hardest things I've done just from a time standpoint I mean I'm doing it seven days a week right now and and I and I work with some of the hitters who are around me in Cincinnati Ohio I work with some of them locally and then the rest are are remote but it's been it's been fun. You know, I'm working with some transfer portal kids right now, and uh, you know, just continuing to learn. I, I view being a like a recruiter, if you want to call it, or whatever you want to call it. It's it's the same thing as being a, a player or a coach. Like you're constantly learning, you're constantly growing, and so a year from now I'll be way better than I am this second. And today I'm way better than I was last year. So just continuing to evolve, and and I love scouting. Uh, when I was with the Orioles, I was able to help out with the draft for two years, and that was a a ton of fun. So I, I enjoy. It's it's a puzzle to me. Like I enjoy being able to to look at players and and evaluate them and and project where they're going to be. So, yeah, the recruiting thing it's it's a ton of fun. It's it's a lot of hard work and it's it's seven days a week. But I, I feel very happy and fortunate I can do it.
0: Man, that's so cool. I love that. So when you let me ask you something, when you were helping out with the Orioles and and they were doing their draft, was that when it was like forty rounds or because I think now it's like at twenty rounds?
1: No, the the first year it was it was the um, no because remember the COVID year, so there was the the shortened draft that year. Okay. So there was only five rounds that year, and then the year after that, uh, it was a little bit longer, but it was it was way shorter than the forty rounds because of COVID. Gotcha.
0: I got you. Okay, thank you. Now, but all right. So, not only are you helping guys kind of fulfill their dream and move on to the next level, but but you're also, you know, you're providing tons of content through your newsletter as well.
1: Yeah. So I I know I I seem like I do I do a lot of different things with a podcast and and I have a, a newsletter right now. It's called the Hitting Chronicle, where it's. Every Tuesday, I, I write about something new, and I, I do a lot of research during the week. Some weeks it's on the mental side of the game, and, and giving coaches different tips. Other weeks it's, you know, maybe a mechanical breakdown of a player or an adjustment they made from last year to this year. So, I've enjoyed that. It, uh, it's taken off like crazy. I mean, I think we're we're getting close to six thousand coaches now on the email hmm. list, and you know, just started it this, you know, within the last, I don't know, several months, probably six months or so. So it's been a ton of fun. I think I I'm probably going to start a recruiting one as well. Um, I think I've, one of the things that I've learned is just how to, how to uh, put out content um, and, and have a system to be able to put out content and take one piece of content and turn it into five to seven pieces of content. And so, Uh, It it takes time, but not as much time, probably as you would think, just because I just have systems in place now where I can put together in no time. So I've enjoyed it, though. I I love writing. I love studying writers and and reading about different writers and things like that. I think it's just a a great form of communication. And yeah, I hope people enjoy it. You know, every once in a while, people say they do. So I'm going to keep doing it just because it's fun. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no doubt, man. I love that. It's a great attitude right off the bat. It's just fun. So let, let me ask you something as a hitting coach and for all the players. And again, our core audience is uncommitted high school prospects. So they're the guys that are in the batter's box pr- primarily. Why is hitting, why is hitting just so hard? And, and then when you're coaching a guy, whether he's a 10 year old guy or he's a guy that's in the minor leagues, that's trying to progress. Do you start with like just a basic premise and, and every hitter is the same, or do you truly look at it that they're each one is completely unique?
1: Well, each one is is completely unique, but there's similarities amongst the best hitters. I mean, even if you're just talking from a mechanical standpoint, but more than anything else, when I work with hitters, I I think the the first thing that I try to do is is understand what their definition of success is, like what like what do they view as success at the plate? Like I guess is success getting hits, is success you know making a lot of money, like what what is success? And so once you understand what they view success, it's like okay like now now we can reverse engineer and and come up with a plan. So I try to get players as much as possible to view success as controlling the controllables as Ken Revisa would would say. And so, you know, I had a kid in the other day and it's, you know, we're not I told him like let's not evaluate your at bats from now on by the outcome. Let's evaluate your at bats by whether you stuck to your two main things. And for him it was be relaxed and be on time. And because those are two things that are within your control. Once you once the ball hits the bat, no control over it. Right. But you can control being relaxed and you can control being on time. And so I and I told him and I've had players in the past, even when I was coaching with the Orioles, I did this with a couple of kids is, you know, if if I would have one kid when I was with the Orioles, we would do this. And after each game, he'd come in the coach's office and I'd have this checkbox of his three things and he would just check them if he did them. And if he didn't, he'd leave them blank. And when he when all three were checked, he always had, a, had a, a really good game. And it didn't always mean hits, but he was barreling up balls um, and he was having a lot of fun, too. I, I've never met a player in my life. The more fun they had, the worse they played. And so I think <laughs> I think at times that that's just that's something that I think we get away from is, um, you know, viewing success by things we can't control instead of the things we can control. And so I I like start getting hitters. And that's one of the reasons I like working with hitters starting at a young age, because if you can get them to do that at a very young age, and I know you can, because I've I've worked with hitters from the time they were starting young, it, it makes their life so much easier the older that they get. And they have so much more success in the box. And the thing is, it's simple, right? I mean, there's, you'll, if you're on, social media which obviously everybody here is it's we're on twitter for, for crying out loud but there's so many big words thrown around there's all this mechanical talk and and about who's right and who's not right or whatever but at the end of the day it, it is very simple the game is very simple what separates hitters is very simple most of the time it's it's i, I don't hear very often well, if he just had what if he just would have had some better mechanics, like he would have been a way better hitter. I don't I don't hear that very often. Right. I mean, a lot of times it's, uh he just got in his own head. Like he never could get out of his own way. It was, you know, between the ears. He was always domed up like all these things. And so I hear that. I'm like, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, let's put a plan together in place to help these guys. So that's not the case for them. So for me, it's it's as Ken Revisa would say, CTC control the controllables.
0: Man, Patrick, I love listening to you talk. It's just fun as a professional to just hear the excitement in your voice and the knowledge that you have, and just to be able to kind of take any situation and just roll right through it. I mean, you have tremendous amount of knowledge in what it is that you're doing. I mean, you're you're in the right place. This is what you should be doing. There is no question about it. And it's just fun. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's just fun to sit here and listen to you talk about it. I mean, that's really, really, honestly, it's pretty cool. Hey, again, everyone that's joining, thank you so much. Um, I said earlier that we record this Twitter space. And the the reason that we record it, not only just to play it back later, but we turn it into a podcast. The podcast is now D1 Speaks. Uh, It's on every major platform that's out there. I would certainly appreciate it if you would find it, especially if you find this content valuable. I will tell you if this is the first night that you're listening, Monday through Thursday, we really focus on uncommitted high school prospects and junior college guys that are that are ready to transfer. They could be a freshman or maybe they've already it's their sophomore year and they've got an AA and they're looking for a four year school. But the beauty of this forum, the reason that we do the uncommitted. You know, it gives coaches an opportunity that the the ones that don't have the recruiting budget to necessarily go all over the state, certainly not all over the country, to see people play. It kind of gives them an opportunity to get away from just stats and video and hear from kids directly, so that they can say, "Hey, let me tell you the things that I'm able to accomplish not only on the field but off the field. Here's my GPA." Here's my SAT scores or ACT scores. Here's what it is that I want to do in school. You know, these are the clubs that I'm involved with. This is the extracurricular activities that I'm doing. Uh, Oh, by the way, maybe I'm also dual enrolled and I'm already taking college credits. And it just gives these kids an opportunity to say, you're not going to have to worry about me off the field. I'm physically in great shape. I'm six foot plus. I can throw the ball 90 miles an hour. I can hit the ball 400 feet you know, I know how to win baseball games, but you don't have to worry about me off the field and you can just focus on winning games on the field. And I think that's ultimately what coaches really want to do. And it, it allows them to kind of subscribe to our podcast. They can listen to it at their leisure, you know, whenever they want to. So it's really kind of been a cool environment. I would, I would specifically say if it's something that you're interested in, Hey, go out there and find us. We're now D1 Speaks. Again, we're everywhere. Subscribe to us. If you like it, give us a five-star rating. It would certainly make me happy. And uh, maybe I can bring another show on, you know, next week if you do. (laughs) So, tonight we're talking with Patrick Jones. And Patrick has got a a fantastic career. I mean, Patrick was obviously a a big-time high school player. He ended up playing at Xavier Division, you know, a Division I school. They won the Big East. I think you said it was in 2014. That's a huge highlight right there. He left that uh, behind him and started coaching. And now, you know, he ended up going in with the Baltimore Orioles. He was in their minor league system. He was a high school coach. And now he has kind of really found a place that he's comfortable with. He's coaching all levels of kids, uh, doing some one-on-one training. He writes a newsletter about hitting specifically. And he's also doing a little bit of recruiting and uh, we're very fortunate to have him on. I know up for one, I'm really enjoying it tonight. Um, so Patrick, let me ask you something. I know we've already talked about, and I just kind of went through a little bit of a summary of all that you're uh, providing with the newsletter, the podcast, your recruiting advisor. You're absolutely extremely busy and I know you're having tons of fun, but what, you know, what is it that, potentially is next for you or is this exactly where you fit or is there something else that's coming up that we should know about?
1: Uh, I don't think there's anything. I mean, I think right now it's, it's just becoming better at what I'm doing. I want to be able to help players at a faster rate right now, whether that be being able to place players in colleges at a faster rate or being able to develop them as a hitter as a, at a faster rate. So I think, that's that's what I'm focusing on right now. And and you know, for me it's just about how can I help the most amount of players possible. So I have fun. I, I've really I've I took a step back uh, probably twelve months ago and and designed my life in order to, to focus on these and, and remove any other distractions. Um, and so I, my, my life is structured that way. And so I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. It's definitely not for everybody. But uh, for me right now in my life, it's it's where where I need to be in order to to help the most amount of players possible. So, um, you know, it's it's like I said, I keep saying it, it is a ton of fun. I feel like it's more of a calling than a, a job or a career or anything like that. Um, you know, I I don't really I don't have any hobbies. I don't you know, if, if you I if, want if you followed me around for a week, you'd probably be like, wow, you're a loser. But um, it's, it's the truth. And I'm fine with that. But I, I, I love it. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I, I think about it all day long. And I want to do it forever.
0: Oh, man. That's so cool. Congratulations. I mean, you're where you should be. You know, that's awesome, man. I'm very, very happy for you. There's not many people that get to live. And do what it is that they actually want to do. And you found right. it. And now right. you're getting yeah. to do it. And I mean, that's so cool. I'm really, yeah. really happy for you. I appreciate so, it. So oh, no doubt, man. So one of the things that you just mentioned was that you had the opportunity to help others. So kind of, you know, kinda tell me what are your thoughts on the current recruiting model as we're seeing it. And and take into account the very recent change. And, you know, in the, in the contact period for NCAA specific to D1 and then also this transfer portal. I mean, you're obviously helping some kids as a recruiting advisor. What's your overall take of where we are and, and where do you kind of see this model going over the next four or five years?
1: Yeah. So it, the transfer portal has really changed a lot of things. Uh in the next few days, probably I'll be able to say something about it. Right now, I can't. But I have uh, one of the, one of the players I'm currently working with in the transfer portal is is a a kid who's at a, a D3 college and he's getting ready to, to commit to um, one of the best uh, program college baseball programs in the country at the Division One level. And so you're like, man, this kid was playing Division Three college baseball, and now he's going to play at one of the best college baseball programs in the country. And that's the transfer portal, and that's what a lot of these these schools are are doing right now, is they're they're saying, why would we go and get a kid who's unproven out of high school when we could go grab somebody with experience, and even if they're playing at a little bit of a lower level, like a mid major, a Division two, and 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 grab them and, and fill them right into our lineup right away. It it's a no brainer. And I was talking to a, a coach the other day who's uh, um, at a power five school about that. It's a no brainer. I mean, you see there's 2000 kids in the portal right now. And so, I mean, there I'm sure there's going to be high school kids listening to this and you, I definitely don't want to discourage them at all. Uh, the reason I brought up that first kid who went to division three is is to show that there's still a route. If if your ultimate dream and goal is to play at, at one of the top division one schools in the country, but it may not necessarily be, playing at that school right out of the gate out of high school and I think you want to make sure you get to a a program where you're going to get to play right away so the the recruiting is you know that it's more important now than ever to have those connections because otherwise since you can't talk to college coaches until August 1st of heading into your junior Mm -hmm. year you're going to be if you're just going to camp to camp to camp all the time I mean not only is that a lot of money but that's a lot of your time that you're going to these camps and you're not really developing you're not working on some of the things you need to be working on so my advice to anybody out there is you know if you're let's just say 2025 and and younger focus on on your on the development side of it don't worry so much about first of all don't have don't worry about anybody else committing to different schools or anything like that and who are maybe a little bit older than you like focus on your your own development getting in the weight room nutrition uh, make sure that when you are ready when you're sending out emails to coaches it's it's not the, the typical copy and paste email to a college coach because I don't know about you Alan but I get a lot of emails and a lot of them I can tell that there's been no thought that's been put in the email and I'm very I'm not very likely to respond to that versus when I see something that has been personalized to me. And that's something that I teach some of the, uh, the kids that I work with in recruiting is how to go about researching and finding uh, that background information on each coach, because it'll take you an extra couple minutes and you, you stand out like a sore thumb. I mean, it's 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 so obvious. So it's things like that, learning how to talk to college coaches. I think sometimes players think that their their play will solely win over college coaches. And, of course, that you have to have that to get them interested. But you're going to be spending a lot of time with these coaches every day. And so they don't want to be around, you know, uh, someone who, who never says anything at all or, you know, maybe is, is not, you know, the nicest person in the world. Like, get them to get like, – Ask them questions. Talk to them. Things like that. I mean, I remember when I was coaching in high school one time, there was a kid who he would always talk to all the coaches after practice and he's always asking questions. And I was like, man, I really got to know this kid. And I remember remember him being like on the bubble When I just thought like, we got to get this kid in there. And looking back on it, like that's the human element right there. The human element right there where that, that connection is made and it's harder to say no to somebody who you like as a person. That doesn't mean that, you may, that, that coaches are going to offer you just because you're a nice person or whatnot, but it is important to, to develop and build that relationship and, and ask them questions too. I, I, there's, sometimes I, I talk to coaches and they'll, they'll say they had, you know, a Zoom meeting with a kid and it was like one word answers. And I had uh, Kurt Elbin mm-hmm. on my podcast, who's the recruiting coordinator at Virginia Tech, and everybody can go back and listen to it, he flat out said, if, you, if the kid can't communicate and he's giving one-word answers, uh, I'm out. That's, I mean, that's, those are his words. And because he said, you know, coaching is a two-way street. And he's 100% right because as a coach, it's so it's hard enough as is. It's even harder if I have no idea what you're thinking and feeling on a regular basis. So that would be my advice for for kids out there. Um, and then the last thing that I'll say about that is uh, I think you need to be re- relentless. And what I mean by that is uh, there's going to be coaches who don't email you back. There's going to be times when maybe a coach comes to a game and, and you go, Oh, for four or whatnot, you, you have to have the mindset of, of a, uh, I like to say a, uh, a, DB in football. You ever see a DB in football? Like they're always, they're talking you know, I don't want you talking trash, but they're they're in the face of the wide receiver and then they get burned one time by the wide receiver. And what do they do the very next time they, they get they're on the line again? Like they get right back up in that wide receiver's face again. And so it's the same concept where, yeah, you may get ignored time and time again, but you have to keep showing up with with confidence and 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 just that relentless attitude, because eventually you'll find something that fits.
0: Man, thank you. I mean, there were so many things that were going through my mind. And the whole time you were talking, I was thinking to myself, all right, what am I going to say? What do I want to focus on? What do I want to repeat? I don't repeat anything. I think that is the takeaway. That is great advice. Everything that you just walked through, I love that. You know, I am so happy that this is going to be recorded because this is the type of information that needs to be played over and over and over guys that are in high school so that they can hear it and kind of keep thinking about it and keep themselves grounded. You know, I mean, I said, I wasn't going to say anything about it, but I can't help it. I mean, mean, you're thinking of all the things that you want to accomplish. And one of the things I think that a lot of players and their parents really kind of fall into this trap of D one or bust. And I think a lot of kids have busted over the years because they don't truly appreciate or realize the talent level that's at every level. I mean, ultimately the goal of playing college baseball is actually playing college baseball. You know what I
1: mean? <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. I, I sometimes will tell kids, I was like, look, I got a bench in my backyard. Like if you want to sit on a bench, I mean, I got a TV back there. I gets pretty comfortable. I can promise you sitting on the bench at a power five, you are not going to be happy.
0: <laughs> no question about it. And I think that's why you see so many kids that are in the transfer portal. You know what I mean? Cause it just, I mean, you need to go, I think you bring up great. I mean, Hey, every, every kid's got their own personality. There are some kids just that are naturally not going to be expressive for whatever reason, but I get what you're saying. I mean, you want guys that are on your team. that can, they can tell you what's going on. They want to be likable you need that culture to be able to win. Not all kids are going to have that, but I, I understand that 100% is the, the kind of the direction that you need to go. And obviously you need to have the talent that kind of goes along with it. But you also need to really be looking at the school and the academic piece. And, and you need to be, and it sounds so cliche, but you need to be thinking about this as a 40, literally the 40-year decision, not the four-year decision. You need to be thinking about you need people that are honest in your life and say, Hey, this is where you fit in. And these are probably the, you know, the the direction that you really need to head. And, um, you know, and and as you kind of think about it, I mean, not everybody's going to play college sports. Not everybody's going to play college baseball. There's 90% of the kids in high school that will never be on a college field ever, ever. And if you have the opportunity for a coach to show any interest in you, I mean, that's a tremendous compliment. I mean, that is something that you should really be very, very proud of. And it doesn't absolutely doesn't matter what the level is because it just doesn't happen. And if and if you are so fortunate to say, I was able to play college baseball, look at you! you. You played at Xavier. That is something that's on your resume literally for the rest of your life, no matter who you talk to or what you do you'll be able to say, this is where I went to school. And oh, by the way, I played baseball there. And that just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a a real gift to be able to say, this is what I was able to do in life. So everything that you just said, I think that was tremendous advice. I can see why you're a very successful uh, recruiting advisor. I'll just put it that way. I could see why people would be drawn to you. They could trust you. You've got great connection. You've got a great resume. And I'm sure you're giving fantastic advice to to the families that are coming to you. Hey, again, if you're uncommitted and you're a high school prospect, 23, 24, 25, or you're uncommitted junior college, I would love to talk to you. If you think that this would be a, a good situation for you, please reach out to me. I'm on Twitter at now underscore D1. You can send me a DM. We're booked through June. But July is wide open. We're going to run this all the way through the summer. There's tons of coaches that are listening to this. I think it's a a great opportunity for you to kind of get your voice out there. And I'd love to be able to schedule something. So uh, kind of reach out to me. Hey, uh, Patrick, let's kind of – and this has been fantastic. I mean, I have really enjoyed tonight. I appreciate you coming on. I reached out to you. We don't know each other. I just kind of – I just sent – for anybody that's listening, I just sent him a DM because yeah, I again my core audience is uncommitted guys and, and I want them to be able to kind of see all aspects of baseball and, and make great decisions for themselves. And I think from what I've have seen on Twitter and your newsletter, I think, you know, Patrick, I think you got a great reputation. I think you're one of the guys that are in this industry that are doing it for the right reason. I think you're extremely knowledgeable. And I was thinking It'd be unbelievable if you were on this show and I just sent you a note. I had no idea. I just kind of sent it out there and you were so gracious to immediately reach out and say, man, I would love to do this. I think that's so cool. I would love to jump on. And that means a world to me, you know, right there. So I've had a blast tonight and I hope you've enjoyed it as well.
1: Oh, I, I definitely have enjoyed it. And I appreciate what you're doing. I, uh, I'm, I'm happy you did DM me. I, I wasn't. I wasn't aware of, of what you were doing. And so since then, I've, I've checked out, you know, some of your podcasts and I, I love that you have players on the, on the podcast who are, who are uncommitted and showing, showing them. And, and I think that's so cool. It's so I'm really happy that I found you too, because I'm a, I'm now a fan and enjoy the work that you do. And just, you just emailed me and, and, uh, the amount of time you put into and the amount of thought you put into just the email and the questions that we we're going to, the topics we we're going to talk about. I mean, it's, it's so obvious you're doing this all for the the right reason. So I appreciate you.
0: Hey man, that's so cool. Thank you very much for those kind words. I absolutely appreciate that. Hey, let's, let's kind of end it with this last question. And I love, I love this question because I even asked the uncommitted guys this. I mean, if you were going to give advice to a young athlete, and I think specifically probably someone that's, you know, right on the verge of going to the big field, you know, like 12, 13 years old, whatever it is. And they are just thinking to themselves, I love baseball and I can't wait till I'm in the Hall of Fame. Right. You know, I mean, what what kind of advice would you give to those guys so that they could kind of see it through?
1: I would say to to those guys, I, I think it's going to be important to start building that that foundation of strength. And so, I'm not a strength coach by any means, but I do know I do know a lot of different strength coaches, and I'm, one of the things that they've told me over the years is is you know kids even 13, 14 years old can can start lifting weights. That doesn't mean they're lifting heavy weights, and it, it means that you know they they have good form and all that stuff too, but if you're able to to build those correct movement patterns at a younger age and and start building some strength and build that foundation, it's going to make your life a a whole lot easier uh, the older that you get when you start facing some velocity. So I would recommend training fast. And, and, you know, when you're, when you are hitting, you know, in the cage or whatnot, you're, you're letting a few loose too. And so uh, one of the things that I did notice when I was coaching in the Orioles organization is, you know we'd have some some pretty high round draft picks and they were hitting they'd hit pretty well because you know, we, a lot of the starters would be you know 90 92 right around there but once we started facing a couple times we would face some guys who were high 90s top in 100 the the guys who didn't have the strength i mean it, it was so obvious that, that they 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 just couldn't compete and so obviously at the high school level you're not going to be facing guys throwing 100 but you may be facing guys through in mid to high 80s, for example. And if you don't have the strength to be able to to handle that velocity, then it doesn't matter what your mechanics are like or anything else. I mean, you're just it's going to be hard for you to keep up. So I'd say build that foundation right now. And that's going to help you for the rest of your career.
0: Man, that's awesome advice, man. I love it again, Patrick. Thank you so much for tonight. I will tell everyone that on Monday night, we're going to go back to the uncommitted. We've got Alex Laviser on. Alex is a 24 uh, uncommitted. He's out of the state of Washington. So absolutely looking forward to that. And then just kind of looking out into the future, you know, the Fridays. Fridays are kind of for adults. I call them fun Fridays. And and as I mentioned earlier, I think it's fantastic because these are guys that have kind of they they have experience in their field and they're able to speak directly to these uncommitted high school and junior college uh, kids or young men and kind of give them some insight as to what's coming up in the future. So next Friday, we've got Danielle Martin on. Danielle is a mindset skills coach. She's a performance coach. I mean, She's a pretty, pretty interesting, diverse background. She went to University of Southern California. She's worked with a ton of travel teams. She's worked with some college teams. Totally out of my element. It's going to be very, very different. It's all about the mind. I've got a weak mind, you know. So this is going to be very, very interesting. But I think that we'll all enjoy it. And then in two Fridays, we've got Walter Bead coming on. And that's baseball life. And Walter has been doing podcasts specifically toward Uh, young guys, you know, guys that are really playing Little League and so forth and kind of helping their families as well. So he's going to be like a wealth of information, which is really cool. I mean, this podcast is absolutely kind of taking off, and and it just kind of continues to grow. And it's growing because of people like tonight with Patrick. And, man, Patrick, just thank you so much for coming on. I hope that we're able to stay. I can't imagine that we wouldn't be able to stay in touch. I would love to be able to reach out to you maybe six months from now or something like that. And maybe we could reschedule and just kind of see where you are in your life and, and who else you've helped to develop and, and, and help them to be able to succeed as well. I think it'd be so cool if you came back on later.
1: Oh, I love it. I, I can't wait to, to come back on and, and see, see where, where you're at at that point and where I'm at too. So I, I appreciate you having me on and, and can't wait to come back on again.
0: Man, that's so cool. Again, everybody that that joined us tonight, thank you so much. I think we should just end it right there. Patrick, thank you again, and I hope everybody has a great weekend. So good night.